0: I am Planta on the line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Liam Ford joins me now. The acclaimed pop jazz vocalist and songwriter as well as actor has just released his debut album, Great to be Here. It's a swinging, sometimes nostalgic, always entertaining collection of original songs that blend cosmopolitan pop and vintage sound with contemporary influences from John Batiste, Lake Street Drive, and Rufus Wainwright. What Mr. Ford has created is a collection of songs that include ones that uh, evoke cafe societies, if Cole Porter or Noel Coward had written it, while also presenting ones with rhythms that would remind one of Stevie Wonder. Liam Ford is a New York-based singer and songwriter who the Wall Street Journal described as, quote, the boy wonder that never fails to find precisely the right note. The Washington Post said of his acting that his performance in Hand to God was a breakout performance. He's the recipient of uh, many awards, including the Bistro Award for Performer on the Rise, the Nightlife Award, the Mabel Mercer Foundation's Julie Wilson Award, a Helen Hayes Award, among many others. He's headlined in London and Paris and is a fixture in the uh, cabaret scene in New York City. This uh, new album is from Ballyhoo Music and is available everywhere you get your music, streaming or download. Visit liam-ford, that's f-o-r-d-e dot com and his Instagram account is at liam.ford.music. We spoke last week. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online Program Liam Ford. Mr. Ford, good morning.
1: Thank you. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever we are.
0: Yeah, I, I guess it's uh, morning here and it's afternoon where you are. Did you grow up in I New York? I had a
1: delicious lunch, I hate to brag. Oh, did you?
0: I ah. uh, uh, yes. did. You, so did you grow up in New York?
1: I grew up in Connecticut, but I see. we would go into New York a lot. Uh, you know, to see shows and do all the touristy stuff, and I knew that I always wanted to live here.
0: That's the thing about the, the, this album that um, there are a couple songs on here where um, New York is, is essentially the central character. It, it, it's a city that you know has taken on characteristics of its own. It's it's the the place of legend. Um, why do you think it is, Liam, that that um, it makes it so easy for 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 people like yourself to write about to? to and, and for those of us in the audience to idealize about what New York is about in one 's head, say
1: I think it it has such a history of um, different types of people coming here to make it big um, you know that's that's a cliche at this point, but it is true the you can make it there, you can make it anywhere type feeling there's something about um you know new yorkers are notorious for loathing times square mm-hmm. and i i also but it also it's, another thing about new york is it almost makes us feel cooler to say that we hate it <laughs> you know so like scoffing at tourists and all of that yeah. and i under i understand that midtown is is not the most fun place for a lot of us to be but if i'm in the right mood <laughs> yeah. if i'm not running late to anything being in the middle of times square and just taking a second to soak in the fact that you are in a place where people from all around the world um, are dying to visit, and um,
0: yeah.
1: seeing it through their eyes, through a visitor's eyes, it's so big. It's so a lot of New York is so grand. I don't know if I would call Times Square grand. <laughs> I would call the Plaza Hotel grand. Yeah. Um, you feel the history. You feel. Um, you know, even if I'm at a Broadway show and I'm not liking the show itself, I'm always. It is great to be there because I feel like I'm somehow a part of that history of New York and all these legendary artists who I admire so much, both you know, on the stage and in the music scene at all the iconic music venues. Um, it feels. I don't think I'm a superstitious person, but you do feel the ghost. you feel certain spirits, and I'm very inspired by it.
0: Yeah, the 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 first um, uh, cut on the album, uh, "When My World's in Tune," is is, is such a, a, a terrific song, um, and it, it um, uh, calls back, you know, the, the, these marvelous uh, uh, places in New York and, and and situations. The music video is terrific. So Where did you shoot that?
1: Thanks. We shot it at the Players Club, which oh, okay. is, um, you know, um, a place where a lot of actor yeah. types go, and I have a couple of friends who are members there, and I've done several events at the Players Club over the years. I knew that, you know, I've always been attracted to elegance. I think it's why I'm kind of an old soul. Mm -hmm. Um, So I knew that I wanted the music video to be shot in a place that really captured that old world, uniquely New York elegance. And I think we found the spot.
0: And talk about old ghosts in the sort. I mean, th- that place itself, I mean, it, it, it looks like a terrific uh, um, um, set, if you will. But, I mean, that, that's a real place, and that, that, that has a very long history going back decades, doesn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. And they, I don't know, did you see that new Friend Lieberwood series, Pretend It's the City, on Netflix? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they shot that at the Players Club downstairs in the billiard room.
0: Mm. And if I recall, didn't um, um, Edwin Booth he founded that, didn't he? That, which is, uh, well, he
1: did. He was trying to, um, you know, his family was so stained by what his brother did right. that he wanted to, you know, redeem the family name. So he started this club.
0: Yeah, you mentioned uh, the Plaza Hotel a moment ago. The 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 the, the, um, the, the song Plaza Hotel on your album is, besides being infectious, it 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 conveys. Um, a kind of life, a lifestyle that we'd associate, say, with cafe society. Does that sort of life still exist in New York City, your New York, say?
1: There are glimpses of it, and I'm lucky to know a couple of people who a little bit have a a hand in that world. Um, It's hard to say what the new version of that will look like. Something that I have been wrestling with since I got to New York is this idea of yeah, I don't. I come from. I have a pretty, a pretty humble beginning. Uh-huh. Um, my my folks. My dad, uh, during his working years, was a construction worker. My mom taught at Catholic school. I went to public school. Luckily, the music program was very, very strong. But I was always attracted to finery, mm-hmm. kind of like um, Noel Coward, who's yeah. also an idol of mine. Um, so there are glimpses of it in the older generation. I get. I tend to get on really well with uh, older folks in New York. Um, but the, I, I, I knew one, Lillian, I don't know if you know of Lillian Montavecchi.
0: Oh, yeah, from nine. She was an, an
1: yeah. extraordinary, yeah, from nine, and, uh, she actually lived in, I believe, a hotel on the east side for ages. Um, and she was a, a friend of mine. And, she, um, but other than that, I don't know too many people who live in hotels. Of course, the nightclub scene is now, the cabaret scene. Mm-hmm. I've been yearning to find a, a space that actually has that feeling of nightclubs, but the I, the only place that I see them is in old movies. Because that's not, you know, go to a Broadway show and then afterwards go to the Plaza Hotel's The Persian Room to go see a nightclub act and then go dancing after. Yeah. I hope uh, maybe you could come back. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I was uh, in New, the last time I was in New York it was t- twenty nineteen. And I was with uh, there was a group of friends uh four of us, and I thought, well I always wanted to go to the cafe Carlisle
1: and oh, so I, love the, I want to play the Carlisle so bad
0: yeah well this is the, this album was just perfect in that room um
1: thank it, you call them tell them
0: <laughs> the uh, <laughs> and and i, I thought about uh, arranging for the four of us to go there, and um you know I figured you know with the with the um- whatever they charge for for admission plus the, the table charge, uh, the, the drink charge. We're, we're, lo- we're clo- looking to close to, you know, in, in, van- in Canadian dollars, probably, you know, just under a grand. Insane. For four people, and I, I, I just don't see that. I mean, I see that as, as incredibly prohibitive for a lot of people.
1: Well, that's just it. I mean, and it's a shame that there isn't a, that, that other, that there isn't more access these beautiful spaces. It, it does feel... It's it's for the Upper East Side set. Mm, right. You know, it has that nouveau riche feel. But that's... The Café Carlisle just might be the only place, only performance space I've ever been to in New York that actually has that elegance that I pine for. Yeah. Um, but it is insane. You know who I saw at the Café Carlisle? It's my favorite mm-hmm. live music event I ever... I should mention, by the way, I was taken to this event. Yeah. I didn't pay because I could never afford to go to the Carlisle. Right, right. Um, I saw John Batiste oh. at the Carlisle, and he's a huge inspiration of mine. I love this guy. Yeah. Um, and his there was this beautiful woman next to the stage with red lipstick, and he was just kind of beaming at him the whole time. She looked vaguely familiar to me. Uh-huh. But I couldn't, I couldn't, um, I didn't know who it was, but I just thought, wow, she, I guess she really loves John Batiste. Look at the way she's looking at him. He did his, basically his whole set. It was fantastic. So inspiring, joyful, everything that John Batiste is. Uh-huh. And then he says, I'm going to call up my friend, uh, Rachel Price. I don't know if you know the band Lake Street Dive. I love this band. They've got a real, they're just so classy. They've got this real kind of 70s soul jazz uh-huh. vibe to them. And this lead singer Rachel Price sings her head off. And she got up and she sang she did a couple tunes, but the one I really remember she and John Batiste did on the sunny side of the street. Oh yeah. And I lost my mind.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I because you mentioned Batiste, um when I'm listening to Great to Be Here, I I, I you know, I obviously hear the influence of Noel Coward. We'll talk about Mrs. set because I think that's a marvelous song, the influence of Wallowich. Um, Thank you. Uh, but Batiste certainly does come through, and when you mention that he's been an influence, I I, I I certainly hear a little bit of that in on this album.
1: That's very flattering to me. Thank you. Um, to me, John Batiste is the classiest guy in show business. I just... Um, I mean, it's a whole separate discussion. I want his stylist. I want all of his clothes. He always looks so good. Yeah. Um, when I was uh, starting to put this album together, uh, they I think they had they had only started leaking some of the tracks from We Are, his, of course, Grammy-winning uh-huh. album. Yeah. But the music video came out for I Need You. You know that tune, The uh-huh. Blues? Yeah. One? And it starts, I believe, in a museum, and he starts flirting with this girl. And then all of a sudden it turns into this dream world where it kind of goes back in time and everyone's lindy-hopping.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's this infectious, joyful quality, not to mention he has this kind of um, goofy sophistication to him. Like I wouldn't call Jean Baptiste, I wouldn't call his music goofy.
0: No. But no. the way
1: he moves his body and expresses himself, there's a there's a freedom that he feels in himself. You can tell he's a very religious man. Um, that he feels connected to something higher, and that's a, a big part of where his inspiration comes from. But I was so inspired by the feeling of that song, and it gave me great hope that people might actually listen and like what I was doing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot of joy and a lot of fun in great to be here. Um, there's also a lot of thoughtfulness behind the melodies. Um, you, you know, you, some of the words itself. You know, they they, they come off as very timely, and um, they, they reflect. Um, I guess a lot of the angst that that, that a lot of us feel. Um, I, I don't know. For example, it, it sounds like a happy song. Um, but yeah. it also has that strain of uncertainty that we all feel in life, and, and, and it suggests to me as a listener that, yeah, and stuff isn't great out there. But, you know, there's always something to make it a little bit better.
1: Sure. Yeah. There's, there's always music. Yeah. There's always, um, being with people you love, leaning into that uncertainty uh, for all, the entire world. The past couple of years, anyway, mm-hmm. we we've all had no other choice.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, you you wake up and you just like, well, what what's it looking like today? <laughs> um, it's also part of this was, you know, it was it is a little bit self-referential that song, I guess, but I do think it does have broader implications. Just, of course, when you're an artist and you're making something. I hope that people listen to this and love it, but I can't control if people love it. I learned that pretty quickly uh-huh. as an actor, yes. auditioning. You know, you can't go in... You can't walk into an audition and make people love you. That's not your business if they love you. That's not your job to make them love you. You do what you do. Um, so, yeah, there is something, I don't know, somber, certainly thoughtful and... Uh,
0: but so finding, so sobering finding
1: the joy, yeah, uh, but j- j- joy and the uncertainty yeah. of it, and we can at least have a little rhythm and a little pep in our step before we're lucky
0: well, one of the the cleverest pieces in in, in on the album is Mrs. Dudley is a song I've referred to already um it, it, the, the influence of Noel Coward of John Wallowitz i mean I, I see that or hear that as i'm I'm listening to it the 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 the, the word play the the rhymes are they're just so delightful and and yet it's about a slug.
1: i um i hope this doesn't come across as too boastful but still when i hear the song or sing to myself i I, it tickles me
0: it's just a clever piece of music and and um it's one of those things that that um when you hear it initially you 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 um your eyes sort of widen as, as as your ears do and and then you have to listen to it again because it's just there's so much in it um what is it about coward that that um that you admire most say
1: um you have all that um <laughs> so my junior year I went to theater school uh-huh. and we were doing it was junior year and we were doing our operetta unit and Two classmates had um, a scene from Noel Coward's, I think it was 1929, Operetta, Bittersweet, and the song was I'll See You Again. Oh, yeah. And I heard that, I'll see you again whenever spring breaks through again. And the ending words, um, though my world may go awry, and my heart will ever lie, just the echo of a sigh. Goodbye.
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't know. I hardly knew anything about Noel Coward, but I heard that song, and I and I just said, "Who who wrote that?" Yeah. Because I have to know everything about them. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that that waltz and uh, the way that those words came together, it was it was certainly dripping with elegance. Um. And it was unabashedly romantic, sentimental. So that was my first introduction to Noel Coward. Then I got into uh, New York and into the cabaret scene. And, you know, those people kind of found me and had me in a bunch of different programs. And I started getting into his plays. His comedy writing. I, of course, I have a couple of references. I even have a reference to brief encounter in uh, tomatoes in August.
0: That's right. Yeah. You know
1: that kind of one of one of the parting scenes. I have a I um, think I think a lyric about brief encounter and gratitude song. Um, and then I read, and then I started reading biographies on Noel Coward. Barry Day is a very dear friend of mine who is, he's, I would say, is the world's leading scholar on Noel Coward. He's written. God, I think at least ten books on uh-huh. um, coward um, a style uh, he, he was a style um, so big on personal style he invented himself. I'm very interested in people who did that yeah um, he came from a very humble beginning but always had big dreams and believed so strongly in his own star quality and did his own style and then he really did become. I think someone in an interview said, you know, he's so unique and individual that now you could say, oh, yes, that so-and-so is a very Noel Coward type person. Right. And you would know exactly what they were talking about because he, it's such a specific style that he really invented. Uh, not to mention his – he's one of my biggest queer icons. You know, and I think that there's a new – mode of even that of of modern queerness that i'm trying to explore with the album there's something there's something mannered something a little campy highly theatrical that i think we can all laugh at and celebrate
0: yeah yeah, the, the 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 idea of nostalgia. I mean, that, that really hits one as, as one listens to "Great to Be Here." Um, what do you enjoy listening to most? I mean, if 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 we weren't chatting on the phone right now, what would say be on your your music player, if you will?
1: You know, I I listen to mostly jazz and classical. Mm-hmm. I wish I. That's probably not a, a great answer. I should be you know telling you I'm listening to all of the new artists out there. I can't stop listening to, um, thinking off the top of my head, Sunday, Sunday was Beethoven and Tchaikovsky. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, and then last night with dinner, I was playing the Count Basie, April in Paris album. Oh,
0: yeah. Because I love,
1: them. I always have to, I always have to listen to that in April.
0: Like
1: yeah. theme song with the two encores. Um, <laughs> my favorite album of all yeah. time is, uh, Birth of the Cool.
0: Uh-huh.
1: um, I listen to mostly instrumental music. Uh, I'm not the type of person that list, can listen to music passively. Um, like I can't focus if there's music on I because see. I'm analyzing the chords and the notes and the words. Um, so, I, yeah, I love um, I love Debussy. I love Ravel. Uh-huh. It,
0: it, when when you're uh, writing, w- oh, pardon me. Yeah, w- when you're writing. Um what what do you, what, what's on on your mind in terms of say influences do do you carry any as you're sitting at the, the at your keyboard say or
1: Yeah um I would say my biggest compositional influence would be Michelle Legrand. Mm. Um, that when I saw I saw the young girls of Rochefort first and then I saw the umbrellas of Cherbourg, but um Again, when you think elegance in a certain culture, you might I immediately think of France. Um, He has a a very French sound, and those melodies just really tugged at my heart, or I thought it was the hippest thing I had ever heard. You know, his snappy, almost frenetic jazz waltzes. Yeah, yeah. um, And the way that he, the chords just move around. So definitely Michel Legrand. I'm a big Ben Folds fan. I listened to a lot of Ben Folds when I was in high school. Uh-huh. Um, There's an indie rock group. Also, um, they're still playing, and I think they're still producing music, but I really like Death Cab for Cutie, led by this guy, Ben Gibbard. Um, Batiste, of course. If you haven't heard the new Lake Street Dive album, uh-huh. um, they're amazing. Their lyrics are so smart, and, and they all sing their heads off. Um, so definitely trying to do that. There is some, there are certain like indie, indie pop, indie rock elements to this album. Um, who's the? Oh, the other one is I would say is Rufus Wainwright
0: mm. yeah. because
1: he's so romantic and lush, and I, I, I that's what I like.
0: Um, there's a lot that's uh, hummable and scatterable in in gratitude song, which is the last cut on the album um uh, i i listen to music i i i unfortunately for for, for other people cannot perform <laughs> or fortunately i should say cannot perform um i i can hum scat is something that that i i uh can't do and and i, I guess you have to have a, some sort of soul to 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 do that and and yet when I listen to gratitude song for example it just comes off so easily um for you um and it 's just beautiful to hear um is that part of of uh, performing? Is is that um, one that you enjoy? Because I could see some people not enjoy doing that.
1: Scat singing, you mean? Yeah. Um, I'm still working on my jazz improvisation skills. Um, I'm I couldn't without an improvised scat solo. Mm. Yet, I'm determined to. I think I'll be able to, but I'm not there yet. Um. And as I was writing gratitude song, I, as it started to take some kind of shape, I knew that I wanted it to be about the way that I felt when, for whatever reason, I, I felt good. And then noticing that I felt good and then being grateful that I felt good because I might not feel good in an hour. I might not feel good tomorrow. Um, again, it's been a very tough time for all of us. Um. And it's especially spending so much time by myself, I live in a studio in Brooklyn. Um, so the, you know, loneliness was setting in, and you start to look inward, and you start, you know, I was felt like I was unraveling a little bit. So if I if I did feel okay, um, I wanted to take stock of that. And then I was thinking about I had sketched a bunch of different lyrics for that chorus, but I just thought it doesn't need it doesn't need lyrics because what it is it's about that. That kind of peppy rhythm, Mm -hmm. Um, and those chords, which are a little bit sentimental. It's got that kind of 60s jazz, 60s pop, very Michel Legron. Mm -hmm. Um, It had the lightness to it, and I felt like words would have actually bogged down and muddied the message. Um, So... I hope that answers the question a
0: little yeah, bit. Yeah, and you've you've also demonstrated just now just, just how um, marvelous your voice is. I it, it, I don't know how to describe it. Um, it. It's pure. It's fresh. It's um. It's it's. Uh, um, in terms of of what that is, is it? I mean, is is it a tenor? Is that what 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 have people told you what your voice is?
1: I would say uh, tenor. Yeah. Um even when I speak, you know, I don't have, except in the morning or if I have a cold or something, I don't, I don't yeah. have, I don't have the, the richness down at the bottom. I have a lot more um, treble than working, and I'm always trying to work to, to find more release, find more ease, more suppleness, um, more connection to my body, because I really believe that the more connected you are to the body, the less. The tension there is the more truthful and authentic um, the musical storytelling will be. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, I would, I would say I'm a tenor. I, I think I learned a lot about singing and phrasing when I heard Chet Baker mm. in high school. He has almost an androgynous quality to his voice and a smoothness, uh, lyricism um, that I aspire to.
0: And so, so how do you work to not strain it, say? I mean, you, you just mentioned a moment ago thinking, you know, you, you have to think about the, the body itself. And, and I guess if, if you understand that, I guess um, you're able to do what you can with your voice, anything with your voice, I guess. Is that right?
1: Yes, I think So there is, I teach voice, so a lot of it is about awareness. Mm. Or as a, a um, one of my favorite guided meditations would say, uh, but using the kindness of your attention. So it's really, um, I think a lot of people, when they're working on building or acquiring any kind of technique, whether it be singing, whether it be playing a sport, whether it be, you know, life skills with cooking, mm-hmm. um it's, a, it's, it's about kind of going through the motions and just doing it so you can say, see, there, I did it, and now I, now I should have the skill. But to, to really do it, you know, every voice teacher will say, just make sure you take a good deep breath. But it's like, well, what does that entail? Let's get specific. So when I breathe, what do I really feel taking place? I've got, these, I got this set of ribs here in the back. The bottom ones aren't even connected in the front. There's plenty of cartilage back there. How much could I allow my ribs to move mm. um, you know it's and, and when approached through that type of curiosity, I think that can really allow for creativity and artistry to bloom the same I could say with my composition the more I tried going at it of I've got to get this melody what is wrong with me why can't I figure out what this melody is these chords are all wrong everything was completely shut off. But as soon as I said to myself, okay, it's not here tonight. I'm going to, you know, turn on a movie, relax, chill out, take a bath. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is in me. This melody is in me. It's not here tomorrow. Uh, it's not here tonight, but it will reveal itself to me. I already contain it. I just have to get out of the way. But that takes trust. But that's that's a more artistic way of doing things to me, and that's what I'm interested in.
0: It's a marvelous way of looking at life itself as well.
1: Mm, I'm working on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, the, back to the title of the, the album. It's a, a marvelous title for a debut. Great to be here. Um, is that what you feel?
1: Yes. Yeah. It really is. It started... The, I went through a lot of titles, but this was the clear-cut winner. Because it's something that I say all the time. Mm-hmm. It has there's something a little bit cheeky about it. Um, it feels theatrical, but it also feels it feels very true. Um, I was doing a, a show over in London a couple of years ago,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and when I do have a job as an actor, it's not that often. So when I do have one, I like to thank my lucky stars. So it became a running joke with. British people, you know, Americans are um, notorious for being very, you know, sunny and optimistic and smiley. <laughs> so it turned into a running joke where the director would say, Liam, do you have something to say to the cops? And I would put on my biggest American smile and look at everyone and go, guys, it's great to be here. And then everyone <laughs> in unison would go, ah, oh, scoff. <laughs>
0: It's um, it's, a, it's a, such a, a marvelous debut. Uh, congratulations, uh, Liam, on it. I so appreciate your time today. But uh, by the way, are you um, uh, there'll be there'll be concerts? I guess associated with the release of the album. Is that right?
1: Yes, we had our album release uh, on March 25th when the album came out at Rockwood Music Hall. But um, if you happen to be in New York City, Monday, June 13th, you can catch me at Birdland.
0: Ah, that's a great room. Yes. Love it. Yeah. Honored. Uh, I I am uh, very uh, appreciative of you taking the time to chat. I I, I really enjoyed it and and the album. Congratulations again and thanks for this.
1: Thanks a million, Joe.
0: The website for more is at liam-ford.com. That's Ford, F-O-R-D-E. The Instagram account is liam.ford.music. The album is called Great to be Here. It's from Ballyhoo Music. Liam Ford, it's artist. Join me on the line from New York City and Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plato.